on this episode of Jet City Hot Takes, that ugly game by the Seahawks in Week 1 and what they need to do to get another W in Week 2. And why Gardner Minshew is about to be the new franchise quarterback for the Jaguars. And I'll tell you what, Coach, I already think is on the hot seat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Who am I kidding? These guys aren't pros. The starting lineup for your Jet City Hot Takes podcast. He's Boston bred. He hates seafood. And he swore to start reading more. So now he watches Netflix with his subtitles on. Corey Dillon. That is next level stupidity. And he's a Northwest native. Doesn't care what you say. Sriracha is overrated. And he sleeps with a Ken Griffey Jr. body pillow. Keith Wayne. Hey, I don't judge. You do you. Just keep it off the field. Jet City Hot Takes. Hot Takes. All right, week two in the NFL. Nothing really going on, really, with the, with week one and going into week one. Not a lot of stories. Yeah, there wasn't anything interesting, so uh, we can just get we can just skip it, right? Yeah, nothing to talk about. We'll see you on episode three of Jet City Hot Takes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of stuff happening in the NFL, uh, lots that we're going to talk about. We won't get into the craziness just just yet. I want to start with the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, that it, was... Um, can I have one Seahawks game where I don't feel like I've been doing butt Heagles for like the last three hours. Well, I th- it's good for your Kegels, man. Apparently. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this game. I mean, I'll talk from the beginning to end. Like, I watched it. I watched the entire game, and um, sloppy. Yeah, that was ugly. A, that was exactly the word I was going to use. Was sloppy. W, w is important. You got the win, but if it was against any other team in the NFL, I think, other than the Cincinnati Bengals. Or, or the Dolphins. Or the Dolphins. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, or the Dolphins. They easily uh, could have and maybe should have lost that game. Yeah, um, I think the fact that they were playing the Bengals week one is probably a blessing or else, yeah, it probably would have been a loss, to be honest with you. And now we have to travel across the country to play what I think is a much better team. But focusing on this game, uh, there were some positives. Yeah, let's get to that. Uh, We're going to start this segment because this will be something that we do weekly uh, before we really dig into the overall overall. Uh, Let's just get right into, I I know you want to, or I know you have a, Top player on offense, top player on defense. We're going to do this every week. Mm-hmm. People who are performing and, uh, and, and on both ends of the balls. On the balls. <laughs> We're keeping that in. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Maya. So I got one for offense, one for defense. I'm going to start offensive player of the game. I'm going DK Metcalf. His first game in a Seahawks uniform, four catches, 89 yards. Set up a couple touchdowns for Chris Carson. He looked explosive. He looked like he was physical. He looked fast. I like. I was really impressed with DK Metcalf. The guy is big. I mean, that's the first He's thing huge. I noticed. Like the TV was right in front of me. I was at a bar when I was watching it, and um, as soon as he f- caught his first pass, I was like, okay, that is a big guy. I feel like you know, not following the team. I, I always looked at the receivers of the Seahawks of five ten and below. I feel like for the last four <laughs> or five years, there hasn't been a six foot receiver. I mean, I'm sure there has been, there but this, this guy stood out. He's a big target. He's fast and, and fast. Uh, and since you said him, I'll give you a little an- another top player on the offense. Obviously, Chris Carson, I thought, looked great. Two touchdowns. Um, just the guy runs forward, hard, hits the hole. And Physical. He's just a great back. So uh, I think he had, what, one receiving and one. one. Yeah, he, he caught a touchdown on a swing route, and he also caught he also uh, ran for one touchdown. Right. So big game for him. Those are two guys that looked good on the offense. Let's, uh, let's talk about your top player on the defense. Uh, I think the defense 
overall was not as bad as people were making it out to be. Um, granted, they did give up 400 yards through the air, which, fun fact, that was the sixth time the Seahawks have given up a 400-yard performance from a quarterback since Pete Carroll's been here. Seahawks are 6-0 in those games. So that's not necessarily indicative of a win for the, for the other team. But uh, my best defensive performance was Quinton Jefferson. Quinton Jefferson, I was going to say that because I didn't know which way you were going on this. I'm going to let you get into the details. I just know, looking at that, watching that game, that man in the center of the defensive line uh, was just a force to be reckoned with. He was, he was, I just felt like I saw him involved in almost every play. Well, he so as a D-tackle lining up like in the middle against a guard, he had two sacks. He was collapsing the pocket all day. Granted, Dalton was getting the ball out really quickly. And uh, that's big for the Seahawks because Jaron Reed is serving a suspension right now. So when you can get that presence inside that you're missing from Jaron Reed not being there, who had 10 sacks last year, that's huge, especially when you got Clowney and now Ansa coming off the edge. If he keeps performing that way, that's great news for the Seahawks. Absolutely. And I'll touch on Clowney just because Jefferson was your your guy. Clowney, I I, I thought he looked good. I mean, he had that, that, early, that early pass deflection if I'm not mistaken, right? Is it- yeah, he, he tipped a pass on a on a screen, and he also he had a sack, uh, and anytime they tried to run to his side, got snuffed out. Yeah, he, he, he looked good too, so uh, obviously new defense, new team, but he looked good. Having said that, uh, the defense, front seven, great. That secondary looked atrocious. When you're letting a man nicknamed the Red Rocket, which <laughs> puts terrible images in my head, throw on you like that it really scares me for when you actually play an NFL quarterback if you're on Twitter during the game like I was man people are like man if Andy Dalton is doing this to us what is Drew Brees gonna do in two weeks oh, now it's just two weeks away yeah less than that now it's like a week and a half now um obviously Tedrick Thompson did not have a good game and there have been talks of him being replaced at that position maybe moving McDougald over to free safety and having uh, Lano Hill play it strong or even Marquise Blair, our rookie out of Utah, he might also get some time at safety. He had a, he had a terrible performance. Yeah, somebody somebody should play over that man in the next game. Or well, if you if you give up a a fifty something yard touchdown to John Ross with seven seconds to go in the first half, I, if I was a coach, I would have pulled him there. But that was the play where he kind of came up a little short, jumped in the air, and just missed it. And Ross caught it behind him. Yeah. Yeah, what a terrible play to end the half. And he was drafted for his ball skills. That's what amazed me. Did not show those at all on Sunday. And to be frank, the Bengals threw for over 400 yards, only scored 20 points. The defense did get three takeaways. They should get three takeaways against the Cincinnati Bengals. And they did. So there are positives there defensively. The front seven looked good. They got takeaways. They got pressure when there was actually coverage. But uh, it looked like, yeah, Tedrick Thompson especially had a really rough game. Shaq Griffin was all right. I think I think we're um, you know we're both excited to see how they do against say Roethlisberger this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a quarterback that is proven in this league to see what that defense really is. Just because it still was the Bengals, I don't know really how to judge that game because it was so sloppy. And it's so hard to judge Week One. Yes, for sure. Um, um, probably the teams that look good in Week One are probably going to look horrible this week. That's just what happens in this league. But one of the most disappointing things to me was honestly the offensive line. I, I was going to go back to the offensive side of the ball because um, I was going to go back to the offensive side of the ball because there was some horrible. There, there were some bad. There were some bad plays especially on that offensive line. And I know you and I were texting back and forth because this guy, Jermaine Effetti. Yeah, he, oh man, he's, it's been tough. He was a first round pick a couple years ago. I get that they wanted to be good, but he really hasn't developed into the tackle that we all thought he could be. And even guys who have been to Pro Bowls, Justin Britt and Dwayne Brown, 
who are normally really good for the Seahawks and they're really consistent, they had tough games too. Granted, Carlos Dunlap is a pretty good defensive end. You know, Atkins isn't a slouch at D-tackle. But still, you can't let Russell Wilson run for his life all the time. It worked. It's worked before, but <laughs> I'd rather not do that. Let's not put his life on the line. No. So let's look ahead to this week, this weekend. Seahawks mm-hmm. heading across the country to Pittsburgh, taking on the Steelers, who didn't look that great against the Patriots last week. They looked bad. They did look bad, but like I said last week, I thought the Patriots were going to come out fi- usually at the beginning of the season. They're kind of slow figuring things out. I feel like they're ahead of the curve this year. They looked like they were in midseason form, and it looked like it was week one for the Steelers. I thought yeah. there might be some positivity without having Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell for the Steelers, uh, and that turned it just didn't it didn't look good for them. No, Roethlisberger was all over the place. Um, he wasn't accurate, and when the ball did get there, how many dropped passes do the Steelers receivers have? Tons. Dante Moncrief is garbage, and Joe Hayden got burned and embarrassed a few times that game. I'm not gonna say the Steelers are a bad team because it is Week One. You can't judge everything off of the first game of the season, especially on the road against the Patriots. They really did not look impressive, though. Here's where I'm gonna disagree. I am. Uh, I, the Steelers suck. They suck. You saying the Steelers? They, suck? Yeah, they 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 were good. I don't. I just. They're. I'm taking. They suck. They. Okay. Are, they are another one of these AFC suck teams. Um, <laughs> the Ravens are going to walk away with that division um, after what I saw week one, in my opinion. But the Steelers. It was the Dolphins. Though. The Steelers. It's fine. The Steelers. <laughs> I'm not. I just can't. They just look so bad. Uh, and I. I was just thinking. Oh, they're going to come out. It's week one. They've got a consistent head coach. They got rid of the knuckleheads in the locker room, and they just didn't show up at all. But this will be. This will be a game where I, I think the Seahawks should win. Um, I like the Seahawks in this one, too, especially going into a game in week three that I don't know if they can necessarily hang with the Saints that well, but um, I like the Seahawks to win this one. We're actually going to pick against the spread later, so. Yeah, we'll talk We'll talk yeah. about this game more in depth, but I think this is an opportunity for, you know, the Seahawks squeaked away with the victory, not squeaked, I mean, they won, but they, they it was, was a, the definition of squeaking away with a win. Yeah, it was, they, it was they, one point. <laughs> they got away with one against a really bad team. Now you're going across the country to play a team that just got whooped. Kick them while they're down. Exactly. I mean, I know the Steelers are going to want to come out firing, but they didn't look like the Steelers of the past couple years without the, their two stars that they you know lost in the offseason. Kick them while they're down. You got them in a position where, obviously, again, like I said, they're going to come out firing. They're going to want to win. It's the home opener for them. Yeah. The Seahawks got a W where they made maybe got away with one now capitalize on this well and this out. is and this is nice because you know recent seasons we've started sloppy and lost those first two games we got a dub in week one or the seahawks got a dub in week one and now we get to go across the country like you said against a team that just got destroyed if the seahawks come out early and punch them in the mouth and really set the tone it could be a long day for the steelers i don't know what the steelers uh, schedule is off uh, you know i'm gonna look it up well you get the ravens twice i'm just looking ahead to the steelers schedule a little bit it's you know the seahawks this week the 49ers bengals who are no good then they get the ravens they get the chargers on the road and then they're hosting the dolphins so get the dolphins and bengals out of there those they can lose tough games they can lose all those I, i'm telling you right now mike tomlin will be on the hot seat halfway through this season he might lose Ooh. his job this season i don't think it's it's just time for a change there that it, it's been dysfunctional he he doesn't impress me as a head coach um I wouldn't doubt it if they get off to a really bad start, lose some games that they shouldn't lose on top of the ones they should lose, 
and he's looking at getting kicked out the door. I don't think that's crazy to say. Well, it's going to happen. I, for once, agree with you. And then around the league for the rest of week one, I mean, there was a lot of action. A lot of things stood out. Of there course, some great games. Before the games, um, who wears a $350,000 watch on the field? Odell can, Beckham does. Can we talk about this? What is he doing? I mean, I get like Twitter went nuts about the ultimate flex, <laughs> but what are you doing wearing a $350,000 watch on a football field? If you're going to wear a $350,000 watch on a football field, you better win. Don't get smacked by 30 at home. <laughs> So that bad. Well, I like what he said afterwards. Like, if anyone else had done it, they wouldn't have said anything. Okay, but it's you. You know how people perceive you, Odell. Right. Like, yes. Why? You're under the microscope. You're the big thing that got brought into Cleveland this this year. Week one, after all this hype has been brought up, you choose to be the complete opposite of humble and wear this <laughs> ridiculous watch on your wrist while you're playing in the game. I am glad they got smacked around, and I hope he lost a couple diamonds out of it. And you know what? Can, can I say something about the Browns just in general? I was 100% right about them. They're super talented, but they're young and emotionally immature. They got that to within a two-point game against the Titans. It was 15-13. to 13. Late in the third quarter, there were 17 minutes left, and it was a two-point game. Derrick Henry breaks one big play, touchdown. They melt down entirely. Game over. I think they lost, what, 43-13? to 43-13. to 43-13 to 13 for the big hype Browns, which I can't say I'm – I mean, I was kind of on them. I did say they might go 11-5 and five this year. Uh, but that wasn't a good look for them. I think that, you know, it is week one. There was a lot of excitement, and it's hard to live up to that hype. And – I know the Titans are well coached by Vrabel. He probably said, hey, we're going in, smacking them in the mouth, and let's see how they deal with it. And that's what they did. And uh, to quote um, (laughs) Delaney Walker or Dennis Green, is Dennis Green, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, To quote quote, uh, Delaney Walker or Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. If you want to crown their ass, they crown their ass. And they went in and just whooped them. I know that felt good for the Titans and should be a a wake-up call for the Browns. You have the talent. Now you need to put it together and play as a team and win some football games because their defense looked like garbage and their offense out of sync. Just wasn't yeah, Baker wasn't a good was game. all over the place. And one one of the big concerns for that team for me was their offensive line, and they looked terrible. So maybe that's going to be what holds them back this year. Another game uh, that was interesting that I thought would have been a, a, an easy game for the Chargers turned yeah. out not to be. They blow a lead as well and get forced into overtime. And then uh, for anyone who started Austin Eckler last week on their fantasy team, like we told you to, you were rewarded. Yeah, big win there because he played excellent. He did. And a big loss for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I know. And he he actually (laughs) showed love to Eckler on Twitter. He did. He did. Which is really kind of cool and humble. But at the same time, it's like, well, you might not get the money you want. Yeah, he might get the the Le'Veon Bell treatment now. We're like, okay, well, we don't need you. Bye. Yeah, maybe he, he, I wouldn't doubt if he's waiting around for an injury to happen in the league where someone panics and they're like, you know what, let us trade for Melvin Gordon. Um, but you know what? I'm not too surprised that was a close game. I thought it would be a close game. I don't think Jacoby Brissett's a, a bad quarterback by any means. He's serviceable. They have a really good offensive line, and their defense is not – they're not scrubs. They're pretty good. Darius Leonard is a beast at linebacker, and they have Vontae Davis. So they've got pieces there to be a good team. The, the real big question mark for the Colts is quarterback, and Brissett oh, looked pretty good. Double T.Y. Hilton, I would like to see what Brissett does. I mean, I don't know if they Check down to the Ebron. Game. That's <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know where they would go if if you take T. Y. Hilton out of the game. Uh, he obviously had massive plays for them. Yeah. against the Chargers. Uh, if you can actually neutralize him, I don't know what the Colts will do. Well, we'll probably find out soon, won't we? We will. Another big game was the Jags and Chiefs. There was a lot of right off the. There was a lot of injuries. Nick Foles.
Foles, gone. gone. First game. First game. Nick Foles, gone. Mahomes had a little scare there. Tyreek Hill, injured, out for a couple weeks. But let's focus on that Foles one, because yeah. that's big news for uh, for these Washingtonians. Yeah, obviously, Coug fans like myself, uh, we love the Mississippi mustache, Gardner Minshew. And uh, he was the Jags' number two. Now he's the number one. He came in relief, looked really good. 22 for 25. Yeah, and one of those, by the way, should have been a completion to Leonard Fournette, but it bounced off his hands and into the hands of Frank Clark. So, yeah, it should have been 23 of 25 for two touchdowns. Minshew looked really good. He looked good. That mustache is a thing of beauty. It's gorgeous. Absolutely is. Um, uh, I'm going to say this, Jags fans, you uh, have your new starting quarterback. I was ki- I was going to say that. Uh, I was curious how you felt about that. Um, uh, I'm assuming you followed him while he was at Wazoo. And, oh, yeah, every and game. have a ridiculous amount of confidence in him like a lot of um, Cougs fans do. I obviously didn't know too much about him, but he looked great. And I just think Foles sucks everywhere outside of Philadelphia. Like, he was good there when <laughs> Chip Kelly was there, and then he left and sucked for the Rams and whoever else he played for, went back to Philly and won a Super Bowl. Now he goes to Jacksonville and he gets hurt. Like, he only he can only play in Philly. I agree. I think Minshew could really, this after is- that after that first week and coming in and playing like that, I mean, I don't know how you don't have confidence in him as an NFL quarterback. And he's, he's clearly an NFL, an NFL caliber quarterback. Uh, the Chiefs don't have the best defense in the world, but they've upgraded. They're not bad at all. Um, well, it'll be really good to see him go against the Texans' defense because now you're going to have yeah. J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless and some talented defensive players going after him with studying his tape. Granted, it was just last week's, yeah. but uh, it'll be interesting to see him go against them, and we're going to talk about that game a little bit later in our picks too. I, I thought as, as soon as Minshew was given a chance, he's just going to take the job. He's going to be the starting quarterback for the Jag. Calling it. Calling it. So we get two two things here. Tomlin losing his job this year. It's happening. And then Gardner Minshew, the new starting quarterback for the Jaguars. And I don't mean just this year. Ooh, that's hot. Oh, yeah. That's hot. Oh, yeah. They He's, just signed Foles to how much money? He is. Hey, you know, you remember when we signed, uh, when the Hawks signed Matt Flynn to, to big money? Russell Wilson came in here. He took the job. Same thing is going to happen in Jacksonville. I just want to be clear on this. Nick Foles just signed a four-year, $88 million contract. Yep. Keith, the Keith Wayne on social media, <laughs> says Gardner, Minch, Gardner Minshew, the new starting quarterback for the Jaguars, not just this season, but in the future. Four, mm-hmm. four years, $88 million. See you later. If, if Minshew performs, man, how do you not play him? Hey, listen, trust me. I've, I've seen that situation unfold. You know, Bledsoe used to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. So you know. You know how that went. Another Wazoo guy, by the way, Drew Bledsoe. Yes. <laughs> and then the final game I want to touch on, and we did talk about it a little bit, so we won't spend too much time on it. Pat Steelers. I told you last week, the Patriots, that defense is really good. Like, really good. Like, early 2000s Patriots defense good. They were going to come out of the gate firing on all cylinders. They look like a team. I think out of every game I watched over the over the first week, there was some sloppiness, except for them. And I'm not saying that as a Patriots fan. I'm saying that they just, you watched that game, and they were super efficient. They looked like they were halfway through the NFL season already, firing on all cylinders, and, and they, they walloped the Steelers. Yeah, it wasn't even a contest. It really wasn't a contest. At, at no point in that game did the Steelers look like they were remotely even ready to play a football game. No. And the Patriots, like you said, midseason form, like they cruised. I don't know how, how else you can really put that. You can't. Uh, well, they'll tell you they aren't happy. Know why? Because they kicked four yeah, field goals. Yeah, our, our red zone efficiency was terrible. How <laughs> I, I will give it to Steven Goskowski going four for four because I have little faith in him with how he's been kicking in the preseason and in, in, in the last year or two. Uh, but four for four. 
I hope you don't miss any kicks, Stephen Goskowski, but I'm please wa- miss kicks, Stephen. My Gokowski. eyes are still on him. <laughs> they are. Uh, and then let's talk about the big news of the weekend. Like right going the day before the first football Sunday, massive breaking news. The Oakland yeah. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders cut wide receiver Antonio Brown, and we need to talk about this. Yeah, we do. Uh, for multiple reasons. Um but I know you texted me immediately, and we had a conversation about how I felt about it. And I mean, it, I don't, I don't get how my feelings did this because when he was on Oakland, I was like, oh, he's gonna continue being a knucklehead. You know, in he's Oakland. a problem. He's just and he, and he is that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but the, the Oakland franchise has been that in general. So I was like, okay, well, it's just gonna be a mess over there. He got signed by the Patriots. So yeah, cut that immediately signed, basically like two hours later to the Patriots. And I was like, yes. Like, wait, you're adding like you're adding this piece to the Patriots. Now, let me say this first. The Patriots do not need him. No, they really they don't. don't. And that's evidence on Sunday. They don't need him. They also don't need the headache that he could bring along. But if he does behave, adding him and his talent to that offense, again, they don't need it. But how how are they not I mean they how are they not they're walking to the Super Bowl. Yeah, especially through the, through the AFC the way it is now. It's basically them and the Chargers or Chiefs. That's it. And that's, that's their only competition. I don't, I don't know if you call this flip-flopping or not. While he was with Oakland, I was like, oh, that's a head case, and I wouldn't want to deal with that. If he comes to New England and behaves, it could be really good for this team. If he doesn't, they'll cut bait. But that gets us to where we're going now, right? The yeah, allegations. Now there's so five days news. or four days later, it's like you knew it was going to happen. You bring him in. You're like, oh, this is great. Him and Tom Brady, they're living together. They're hanging out. They're getting along. Tom wants him there. This is going to be great. He's going to behave. And then there's this break that he is being accused for sexual harassment and rape. Mm which you and I both know and agree is awful serious it's a serious issue it is awful uh, if, if they are true it's disgusting and he should be in big trouble for it however I will definitely say that it needs to go through its legal process first it's a civil case not a criminal case yeah there's all sorts of other details that aren't even out yet we may never even get these details I'm not going to rush to judge and say that he's guilty and he definitely did this Obviously, he has a little bit of a track record. He had an incident earlier this year in January with his baby mama and maybe hands-on or a push there and some other stuff that he's done in his past. This is the most serious allegation. Yeah. I'm not going to assume he did it. I am going to wait and see before I make any sort of judgment on this. So my, my question is, for the Patriots, he was already a big distraction before he got to your team, and now this comes out after he signs with, the, with your team. Do you even play him this Sunday? Do you bother with it? Do you do you want that distraction? Well, A, I know that the Patriots would be ready to play without him. Yeah. And then B, if you're behind the player and you believe that he, he is innocent, I mean, do, are you going to sit him just because somebody alleged he did something? No, not necessarily. But it's 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 one thing on top of it's one big thing on top of a million other little things. At what point do you just kind of have to say, is it worth keeping this guy around? Is he going to be on the Patriots by the end of the season? Well, that's the question. So, if the question was to play this week or not, if he's ready for the offense and and they're going through whatever legal proceedings and all that, and he's playing for you, play him. Uh, if you want to cut him and just not deal with the entire thing. That's a whole nother situation, which I would totally understand. And again, I don't think it hurts the Patriots no, at, all at all if they do that. It's, he's more of a, this is going to be a weird term, luxury, because if he is this headache and all this stuff is happening, I don't know how much a luxury that necessarily is. But I'm saying his talents on the football field 
are a luxury for this team. And if they want to cut bait and not have anything to do with it, I totally understand that. But if you think they're, that he is innocent or has to be proven guilty and you think he's going to help your football team, then I totally understand playing him until that all gets figured out. So basically, yeah, we'll see how that whole situation turns out. And, uh, you know, this could go on for months. And, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, now, <laughs> let's get into some. We're going to get into the, the fantasy players. Uh, I'm going to have to pull out my DraftKings thing again. All right, I got a, I got a few in my mind. But before we get there... I do want to touch on your. He was your core. Yeah, your MVP. MVP. Your MVP candidate showed up last week. Oh, Lamar Jackson, five touchdowns over 300 yards passing. You said play him in fantasy this week. Definitely do it. I played him in fantasy and I was rewarded for it. Won your match. Um, you just gonna let me gloat here for a little bit? Yes, I want you. uh, Yeah, go ahead and gloat. I told you, Corey. I told you! I said that Lamar Jackson was going to go off against the Dolphins, and he did five touchdowns through the air. He only ran the ball three times. How's that for a, how's that for a running back that can't really throw that well? He, here's this for the running back that can't re- really throw that well. He threw against a college defense, and you know, as well as I know, there's no defense in college. The Dolphins suck. This isn't necessarily... The one thing the Dolphins have actually spent money on and they have some considerable resources spent on, is their secondary. And they were terrible. <laughs> the Dolphins are terrible. They're in the tank. They looked like a college team out there. They looked horrible. Made him look really good, and I'm not going to take that away from Lamar Jackson. I just want to see him do it against NFL competition, not high school. See the Ravens play the Cardinals this week? They do. We'll see. We'll see how he does against that team. Uh, that's also Terrell Suggs' return to Baltimore. That could be fun. That will be fun. All right, so then let's get into the fantasy players. All right, I've got a few here. Uh, first note should be fairly obvious. Any, If you have any Patriots players on your team this week, play them because they're playing the Dolphins. Except Antonio Brown because we don't know what's happening. Uh, but granted, the, the Patriots don't have the strongest track record in Miami, but that was also when Miami had something that resembled a football team. So, yeah, if you have any Patriots on your team, start them. A couple others, a couple running backs. I like uh, Giovanni Bernard because Joe Mixon went down with an injury against the Seahawks. Uh, So that makes Gio Bernard the primary ball carrier in Cincinnati. And uh, David Montgomery for the Bears. He had a bad week one. He did. I don't... I think that was more the play calling, and I think Matt Nagy is smart enough to realize that they got to feed their running backs, and you can't have Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball 50 times and win. It's not going to work. No. I think they're going to ground and pound this week. Ground uh, and, pound. and then I got one tight end. This is my last player. Virgil Green on the Chargers. Hunter Henry just went down with an injury. He could be out for a while. That makes Virgil Green the number one tight end for the Chargers. And Phillip Rivers loves throwing to the tight end. He does, except he didn't throw that much to Hunter Henry last week. (laughs) No, but in general. (laughs) He does. Um, For my running backs, uh, someone I was super impressed by um, is Josh Jacobs. He looked great. The negative thing is he is going to the Bears. Oh, going against the Bears this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, but the Broncos also have a pretty good defense. So, and that that bodes well, I think, for Josh Jacobs. I think they're going to feed him the ball. I think they will too. Um, wide receiver, probably everybody's big uh, pickup this week was Hollywood Brown. Marquise you know, Brown. Marquise Brown down in uh, Baltimore. So I know on DraftKings he's only five. He's only five thousand dollars, which is low still after the week he had. Uh, and I think he's gonna. He looks like he's gonna be Lamar Jackson's favorite receiver. So why wouldn't um, he be? He's I so would, fast. I would definitely have him in there. Um, tight end. Uh, Waller from Oakland. I don't oh, yeah. Know, I don't know what it is about that Oakland game, but it may be kind of. 
rethink some things because Tyrell Williams looked great with you know with Brown being out and then Waller looked great as a tight end and Josh Jacobs I was impressed by that Oakland offense not as far as them winning a lot of games but as far as fantasy value usually I stay away from teams that suck just because they suck and uh, all three of them turned my head a little bit so from the fake football again we're going to the real football yeah we have some picks of the week we're gonna uh week two pick let's recap week one and uh, I'll let you know we dra- we do four games a week that we pick with the spreads and then there's Keith's lock of the week so um week one I went three and one Two and two. Two and two. But the most important thing was that lock of the week, that baby. That lock of the week. I said Ravens at Dolphins was a lock of the week. I took the Ravens. And um, so I'm just saying you should listen to me on this one. Yeah, they covered it by about nine times what the spread was. <laughs> so you nailed that one. We got to keep this lock of the week thing going. We got to keep this lock of the week thing going, making the people money if they're willing to take your advice uh, and going to Vegas for a weekend or something. Mm-hmm. But let's get to the regular games, the four games. Seattle Seahawks at Steelers. We're going to start with this one. Steelers are favored by four. Yeah, uh, Steelers are minus four. I don't know if the Seahawks will win this game, but I'm taking the Seahawks against the spread. I'm going to take the Seahawks as well, plus four. Like I said, I, I thought the Steelers not only just didn't look good, now I think that they just they are a bad team. And, um, and again, if- I don't think they will necessarily win this game but I do think it will be a close game and I know the Seahawks have a tendency of playing very close games like their opponent whether a good opponent or a bad opponent they just seem to play at the level of their yeah they can they can play against Cincinnati at home and be sloppy as anyone else or they can go into Foxborough and look polished and like a really competitive football team so it's right so if you're giving the Seahawks four points we're both in agreeing here we're both agreeing here yeah that the Seahawks are going to cover the four points yeah for sure all right game two this is a big one i remember this game last year because it was absolutely insane saints Mm. at rams nfc championship rematch rams Rams at home this time uh two and a half point favorites over the saints i've got the saints not just covering but winning you got the saints winning outright in la Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go rams here okay and not that they looked great on the road against carolina but they did what it took to win um the saints squeaked by with the win from houston maybe they're a little relieved and now they're hitting the road and they're They're feeling loose now yeah feeling a little loose and i think the rams are just going to step up to the plate and um and cover this spread i'll take them two and a half um i think it's gonna be a really close game but it's it's two it's two and a half i gotta take the saints there man camara camara does look good though camara's a monster (laughs) camara is an absolute force to be oh my goodness he he was a highlight reel on monday night so rams stop him (laughs) make me win um browns at jets this is an interesting one what happened to the browns man um yeah now yeah now they're the browns are a two and a half point favorite on the road in new york yeah where are you going on this one um i am taking the jets at home Jets at home after blowing a 16-point lead mm-hmm. to the Buffalo Bills. Better than being beat by 30 at home uh, by the Titans. And uh, I think this time the Jets defense seals the deal. I like the Jets to win this game by probably a field goal. I'm a, I like the Browns. I think that uh, maybe week one was a little bit of a, a wake-up call. A wake-up call for them. Maybe they had this nice little conversation of or the leaders in that locker room were like, hey, we just got our ass whooped and we're supposed to be good. <laughs> and now you're, you got a, you got a game to bounce back going into MetLife. So now you get a chance to bounce back, go into MetLife, go into New York City, take care of business, take care of a team you should beat based off talent alone, and I'm going to take them covering the the two and a half at home. So you got the Browns uh, winning outright and covering that spread. I have the Browns winning outright and covering that spread, yes. All right. Uh, next one should be fun. Jaguars at Texans. 
I know that you are probably feeling Oh yeah, Mississippi certain, mustache yeah, going the, into Houston, baby. The mustache going down there in the south. I originally wanted to make this my lock of the week, but it was too big of a spread at the beginning, so we're just picking it now. Um, it's eight and a half point spread. The, it is an eight Texans and a half points favored by eight and a half. So I'm taking the Jags to cover. They're not going to win this game. Gardner Minshew is one of those players that I think he's going to keep them in it. I'm, I'm telling you, Jags fans, if we have any Jaguars fans that listen to this podcast, all three of you, Gardner Minshew is the real deal. He's going to keep you guys in that game. You're going to be really impressed with him again. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on this one. This is that's a big spread, eight and a half. Uh, I know you're going against a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I, I do think the Texans win, uh, but eight and a half is is too big a spread for me. They do have some great weapons. That Jaguars defense did not look all that great no. against Kansas City in Week One, so I, I think the offense will be. I think the I think the Texans offense will kind of have a good day. I mean, that Watson to Hopkins connection is almost money. Um, Stills had a big play in that in that game. Stills had a big touch. Yeah, Stills, Stills, had, had, a, Stills had that touchdown Stills right had, before the Saints went down and kicked the game-winning field goal. Yeah, Stills had that game-winning touchdown against the Saints this past weekend. And then Will Fuller had some big catches. I mean, I think yeah, he had that freak catch. A massive freak wow. catch. Everything that's is a bomb to that guy. So And, <laughs> and Carlos Hyde looked good. He did. Which was uh, interesting. Their, their offensive line actually looked... All, much improved. Correct. Over last so if, year. if they can protect him, I think they do win. I think the Texans do win, um, but I think the Jaguars cover eight and a half. Yeah, I'm going to call this like a 27 21 type of game with the, with the Texans winning, but Jags cover that eight and a half point spread. But go Mississippi mustache. Let's the see. Mississippi him mustache. <laughs> All right, now the all-important drum roll. Yeah, I need a drum roll effect. We're gonna get that in one of these weeks. But Keith's lock of the week. Um, you want to tell the people what the game is? All right, the game is Chargers at Lions. The Chargers are a two and a half point road favorite. I do not believe in the Lions at all. I think, especially after that collapse, they had to get a tie in Arizona, which ties are dumb, by the way. I'm taking the Chargers by two touchdowns. Two touchdowns on the road. Mm-hmm. The Lions' offense did not look horrible in that Week One. Against the Cardinals' defense, eh. the Chargers have a better defense than the Cardinals, and uh, I don't think the Lions have anything defensively that is even going to pose much of a threat to that Chargers' offense. You heard it here, the lock of the week: Chargers at Lions. Take the Chargers minus two and a half on the road. Mm-hmm. And get that money. Week two, it starts tonight: the Bucks, Panthers, then into Sunday's big slate of games. That's going to do it for this episode of the Jet City Hot Takes podcast. You can always catch me, Corey Dillon, after noons here in Seattle on New Country 98.9 The Bull from 2 to 7 and then Keith right after me 7 to midnight every weeknight on 98.9 The Bull. New episodes of Jet City Hot Takes every Thursday at 7am and you can catch us on all of your socials at Jet City Hot Takes.